And we're all right. Hello and welcome to another episode of Collected Conversations. I am your host, Mike Brewer, and my guest today is Melissa Jensen. You can find her on LinkedIn at Melissa Marie Jensen. Melissa, uh, Melissa joined the multifamily industry in 2003, and she quickly amassed an impressive track record in nearly every facet of the multifamily management world. She has an infectious enthusiasm. I have to slow that down because that is a mouthful. Two words in a row. Infectious enthusiasm for the industry and a desire not only for her own success, but the success and happiness of those around her. She is devoted to customer service with an approach that leans on identifying the needs and desires of the individual that she is serving. She recently held the role of operational excellence manager for the Holland Property Group based in Vancouver, Washington. But recently, and I do mean very recently, in fact, Melissa became the manager or director, we'll unpack that, of culture and engagement. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you. And yes, well, very recently, and it became official yesterday. So very recent. <laughs> well, might I be like the fourth or fifth to say congratulations? Thank you. Thanks. Well, I'm very Melissa, excited. We, you and I go way back, way, way back. Uh, I was struggling to come up with the exact year. I know, I think you started in the industry in 2003, as we said in the opening, but you and I met, I'm going to call it 08, 09, plus minus yeah. at Mills Properties. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I think at some point we worked together directly. Uh, City Side, I think, was the name of the property in downtown St. Louis. Yes. Yep. I, I remember <laughs> that well. <laughs> I believe uh, Eli Walker was the first one that we worked together on. And I recall... Uh, because I still tell this story about be careful what you wish for. I told you that I was really bored at Eli Walker and you said, I know just what to do with you. <laughs> that is true. So you went, you went from Eli Walker over to city side. That was the trip. Yep. Okay. Yep. And that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> yes. That, uh, yeah, for those of you listening, uh, Eli Walker was an 86-unit apartment property mixed with, well, I guess it was 100 and, I don't know, 60, 70 units in total, but half of those units were condos rented out by people lived in them and or rented them out, and then we had 86 or 87 apartment units that we managed, mm -hmm. along with a parking garage and a bunch of other stuff. Yes. <laughs> That was a very complicated deal. Yeah. And so then we move you over to Cityside, which is a uh, property right next to where the St. Louis Rams, well, not it's the Los Angeles Rams now, but that's where the Rams played. The property was literally right next door to that stadium, correct? Yes. Excellent. Contract property. Yeah. <laughs> it had its own challenges. <laughs> it, well, it I want to. Challenges. For sure. I want to dive right in. You, so this manager or director of culture and <laughs> engagement, um, maybe you can, is it one or the other? Is it both? But unpack that for us. I'm very, very interested in this title and what the vision of that is for your organization. Yeah, it was, um, I actually got to write the job description. So <laughs> it was a That's lot of fun. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, the title is not yet determined. Um, we have, uh, Holland Residential has a new president that started roughly six months ago. Um, and so we've been going through a period of Holland reimagined um, is what we call it. And it's 
it's been in the works, but it's going to be fully launched the first quarter of 2022. Um, and so new roles within the organization and a restructuring is a big part of that. So they've settled on roles for people, but not titles quite yet. So it will either be manager or director of culture and engagement. Excellent. And and just to back up a bit, Holland, kind of tell us about Holland. They they have a big presence, I guess, up and down the West Coast. But tell us a little bit about the company. Then we'll go back into to this new role you're playing. Um, yeah, Holland is based out of Vancouver, Washington. So right next to Portland, Oregon. Um, that's where our headquarters is. And then we're in all of the markets in the Pacific Northwest, um, California, Arizona, not quite the Pacific Northwest, but um, Washington State and then Oregon. And it is a vertically integrated real estate development company. So we have Holland Construction, Holland Development, and Holland Residential. So Holland does everything from finding the land and seeking out partners for the development, um, then either recapitalizing or selling the property once it's leased up. Um, so all of, and we do all of our own construction. So it's it's a pretty unique business model um, and residential is just one piece of that, so. Understood. How many total units uh, do you have under, you, do you just do owned business or do you do third-party property management as well? Um, we do primarily third-party property management. Um, anything that is in a lease-up, um, generally we have some ownership stake in that, uh, but once it is recapitalized or sold, once it's sold, we might be engaged as a third-party manager, um, or if it's recapitalized, we might be involved in that as a partial owner. Um, I don't believe there is anything that we own outright that is just a Holland property. Got it. And so your total unit count today is how many units are you managing up and down the, the West Coast? Um, I actually don't know um, <laughs> because it fluctuates monthly sure. um, by, a, by a significant amount. I believe we've got 17 deals in flight right now um, that are transitioning in the next 45 days. So, wow. mm-hmm. Part of Holland Reimagined is to double the size in the next five years. That is that is a big part of the restructuring and the plan for Holland Residential. I got gotcha. you. It's mm-hmm. it, it's interesting. I I actually have an affinity for Holland by way of you and and uh, there were some other individuals, um, Tim Jellum, who actually worked at Holland a long time ago. And I've had an affinity for the organization. I used to live in Portland, worked in Portland for Equity Residential, and I always admired Clyde, his vision. Um, I think when we went through the 07, 08 downturn, uh, if I'm remembering my timelines correctly, I may be completely off here, but I remember uh, Clyde coming out and uh, promoting a campaign where they gave rent relief to people who were impacted in the downturn, not not unlike today, certainly it's a pandemic today, but back then it was the financial crisis and it was just, he was very forward thinking. Um, is, is that fair to, to say? And can you tell us a little bit about him and his vision for multifamily in your organization? 
Um, I have actually gotten to work uh, with Clyde pretty closely as I've been transitioning into this new role. Um, we started putting a really heavy focus on events for our company and just taking care of our people. Um, and I've gotten, it's it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, we do cooking events <laughs> um, where, where our CEO and Clyde um, cook for the company. It's a, a very much a cooking show. Um, so I've gotten to work very closely with him and it's just, he's very, very forward thinking. Um, he actually just announced at our last cooking show, he wanted, and this is a big indication of the type of person he is. He wanted to announce it to his people first. Um, so he actually announced that he is transitioning from the CEO role. He is stepping down and Craig Parker, our C CFO, is officially stepping into that role um, so that he can go after long-term capital partners, which will be something new for us, where we have 10 to 15 year holds on buildings instead of the constant flip. Um, so that was actually just announced last week and announced internally first, which was incredible. And that's just the kind of guy that he is. Um, it's been unbelievable as we've been going through the culture events and engagement events, all of the yeses and the the absolute genuine excitement, you know, going to him and saying, you know, hey, Clyde, we've got this great idea. We couldn't do a summer picnic this year. How about we send everyone in the company some pizza swag and you put on a giant chef hat and apron and demonstrate to the company how to make pizza from scratch? What do you think about that? And it was an enthusiastic, zero hesitation. Yes, that is incredible. Um, and then it transitioned into, you know what? That was so much fun. We had so much engagement. Um, we had an, it was an hour long event. There was almost no drop off that immediately it went to, okay, so when are we going to do this next? Because I want to <laughs> teach everybody how to make my family biscuit recipe for Southern biscuits. And that is just, that's just who he is. And it's incredible. And it's, it's who he has surrounded himself with. Um, and it's great to be a part of that. It's just very down to earth, very genuine, um, really getting into caring about everyone who's around him. And then also this really long-term vision um, all in, in one person. So um, I've been doing um, interviews with different people inside the organization, um, three different buckets. Why have you stayed with Holland so long? If for new people, what attracted you to Holland? Um, and then for people who have left and come back, what brought you back to Holland? And overwhelmingly, the answer is Clyde. In all three scenarios, overwhelmingly, the answer is Clyde. And, and do you think is that, um, I mean, certainly part and parcel to his personality and certainly the, I, I, I'm imagining the values that he espouses Mm -hmm. um, through his behaviors and his actions in, in the organization. Wh what are some of those things, if we were to unpack the values uh, that Clyde, uh, I guess, espouses into the organization, what would some of those be that guide the company? Um, the biggest thing that he says is it, do the right thing. Um, no matter what's happening, do the right thing, whether people are looking or not. Um, it's 
anyone is introduced to Clyde from a housekeeper up, he will remember. He'll see them three months later, and he'll remember their name. Oh wow! Um, he doesn't need anyone to prompt him on who people are within the organization. With 750 employees, that is a lot of names to remember. Oh. And he needs no prompting. He remembers, he remembers small details about people. And I don't think it's a magical memory thing. I think it comes from a place of genuinely caring. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, March 14th of 2020. So nothing was shut down yet. It had just entered the United States. Um, everyone in the company got a personal financial gift from Clyde, um, along with an email that said, you know, rough times are ahead. We're going to weather this together. Here's something to preemptively let you know that we're going to take care of you. Wow. That's, um, that is and I, it was before things even got crazy. Honestly, it was the indication to me that I went, okay, this is real. Like, this is <laughs> like, that's the, when I got that email, I was like, well, Okay, then. Yeah, time to hunker down and to leave determine. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, what a what an incredible testament to to a leader, uh, you know, and who they are as a person. I think when you put your money where your mouth is, so to speak, and you've not done that because you've been prompted by anything other than people's health and welfare, right? That just that you're not taught that, right? It's innate. It's something that is just innate in you. Um, you have a genuine care for people. And my imagination tells me that working in the organization, you have to feel I, safe is the word that comes to mind for me, safe in some of these things that you've, like asking him to cook pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Not everybody's going to walk into their CEO and say, hey, let's do a cooking show. Mm -hmm. But my imagination tells me that you, you and others feel safe in that organization to just try anything or to mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. or suggest anything yeah and with it it very much is that moment right now there's just yeses left and right um all of our residential at the top level is has been restructured um and restructured in a fabulous way um they've divided it into um platform services which is the wing that i am in um, and then asset strategy, which is a new role to multifamily, to my knowledge, um, which is a team that really digs into the specific strategies for every asset and every partner that we have and digs into the reporting and what could possibly be going wrong here. And then when they discover what's going wrong, it's passed over to the platform services. OK, how can we fix this? Um, do we do we need better adoption? Do we need a new platform? Um, and that's been every everything has gotten a yes. You know, adding in culture engagement, um, we're going to be adding in employee resource groups. It's like everything is getting a yes, and they're all such positive things, and it's it's it is a lot of fun to be a part of. Now, is that uh, those things that you just mentioned? Are those? I, I know you're five minutes into your new role. <laughs> are, are those are those things that you are are being tasked with? So I imagine there are a lot of yeses, but then the ownership 
uh, gets handed off to someone like yourself or others in the organization to sort of build out, be it a platform or be it a program or a campaign or whatever, is that largely falling on your shoulders or is that more of a, is the environment more collaborative in nature? Um, it is very collaborative in nature. Um, I have a weekly call with um, both the vice president of platform services and with the new president. Um, and I think part of it is we are all three verbal processors. And so the Clyde cooking that was that came out in an hour long conversation where it was, you know, we've, we've got this money in the budget for a summer picnic. We need to do something with it. What can we do with it? And it went to, you know, let's send everybody gold belly. Let's, um, you know, hire an outside person to cook. No, let's have Clyde cook. And it was it's it is very, very collaborative. So um, currently, yes, quite a bit of really strange things uh, fall on my shoulders. Um, my daily to do list is very strange. Um, we do have a lot in flight right now. Um, I believe there are something like 150 initiatives that are going on. So it is a bit overwhelming. <laughs> I have described it to everyone I report to and actually also to Clyde. So I feel comfortable saying it feels like being on a runaway freight train, but it is going to a destination that I really, really want to be a part of. Um, and a lot of it is how can we take work and take pressure off of our teams? Um, and so I'm willing to put in, like that's a mission that I believe in so strongly that I'm willing to have these absolutely insane to-do lists. Um, and there is also very much a culture of understanding, like, you know, here's my to-do list. I am not gonna be able to hit the deadline for that. Like. We absolutely need to prioritize um, what comes first. So there's a lot of there are a lot of spreadsheets with priorities on them of, you know, this has to come first because this is something that has a risk level associated with it. Sure. So is that I, I'm curious I'm curious about your process. a number of years ago, this actually started at Mills, I think on the heels of you actually moving to Portland and then, I've carried it over to Radco Residential, and for the longest time, I've I've grappled with um, what I'd call corporate governance, right? In 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 that sort of bucket, I think that there's a a template or a system that you have to set in place such that you know Melissa Jensen doesn't have well the company as a whole doesn't have 150 initiatives going on at any one time, but and that prioritization gets fleshed out. Uh, or fleshed out through the corporate governance. Do you have an, like ours is scaling up and it's just a whole series of uh, daily huddles, weekly meetings, monthly meetings, quarterly meetings, et cetera, et cetera. And then a whole other list of things that we do just to make sure that we're, we're highly focused. Do you have a system like that at Holland? Sorry, I'm just getting over a Confirmed non-COVID cold. Oh, no worries. Um, there is a system like that. Um, there's an executive committee that okay. meets and it goes through all three branches of the company and says, you know, 
here's what we have going on. Um, and then they go through an assessment of, well, we have, these are our resources, these are finite. So where do our resources need to go? So at times residential doesn't even win because there are only there are only so many people in our technology department. So if we are trying to implement a technology, we might get back burner to construction. Yeah, that makes sense because you can only do so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So thinking about that or sort of thinking about the future of Holland, you, you definitely have a very visionary leader. Um, my imagination tells me that here, here we're sort of segueing in. I, I'm not going to go so far as to say post COVID, but let's say, and I, I hate the term new normal. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to say that either, even though I just did. Yeah. I, I, I believe that, you know, the world is going to look different. There are headwinds associated with that, but there are a tremendous amount of opportunities that would yield outcomes for your organization. So as we sort of wind up here, can you talk about what you see as the biggest headwinds for if you want to talk about multifamily in general or if you want to talk about Holland specifically perfect, but then also so headwinds and then areas of opportunity that you see for multifamily and again, more specifically for Holland, if you'd rather answer it that way. Um, I think that the, the biggest one is really leveraging technology. Um, and I know that for us, it's it's not a matter of replacing people. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of being able to take care of our residents and our buildings in a different way and really putting focus on that. Um, and it is streamlining technology. Um, that is a huge focus that we have as an organization right now. And I think that that is something that is needed multifamily wide. Um, over the last 10 years, all of these technologies have come out and all of our property management companies have said, yes, let's sign up for that. Yes, let's sign up for that. And so now we're in a situation where in a tech stack, you might be asking your people to have, you know, 75 different logins on, on, a, you know, 50 different platforms to the point where you don't even know what each one does because you have so many of them. Right, right. So that is a huge focus for us. And I think should be a huge focus for the industry is streamlining our tech stacks and saying, you know, maybe this company does virtual tours marginally better, but this company integrates well and offers these other services in addition to that. So that you don't have, you know, this is my call center, but this is my CRM. Um, and and this other company over here is doing our virtual tours and and teams fighting integrations between them because integrations inevitably fail as companies add on competing you know well now that's a competition so we don't want you to be able to plug in in the way that you could plug in before so right. that is a huge focus for us because it's something that we have established is a huge bottleneck and frustration point for our teams is that they have to log into all these different systems and every system does something slightly different. It It's amazing to me and I, I, I agree with you. That is a huge headwind for the future and it's, it's um, I, I won't go down the road of dogging on the uh, 
the legacy property management systems. I, I do a fair amount of that and sometimes get myself in trouble because I say things I shouldn't, but I, I believe they stifle innovation. They stifle um, our ability to serve our consumers and our team members in a way that is good for them, right? But I, mm -hmm. I understand why they do it too. It's, they need a walled garden and it's, you know, you need to mm -hmm. protect your business interests. And I, I get that in the same respect to get very frustrated by it, but um, okay. So opportunities, if you're, you're projecting out, I think it's hard to do five years. Let's, let's think about one to three years from now. What are, what are the areas of opportunity that you see at Holland or in the multifamily space that are really going to drive us to, let's call it the next level. And this does tie directly into my new role. Um, but it is part of the reason that I'm so excited about it. I really think catching up with other industries in, you know, social and environmental causes um, is a huge opportunity. Um, and I think that it's something that, you know, the people who are coming up that are the demographics for our properties now, it's something that they look for. Um, and it's something that's important. And I know a lot of companies are doing it um, and are doing it well. And we are starting to catch up to other industries. but we absolutely need to be truly engaging in our communities. You and I talked before this, you know, we have a lot of properties that are located in Portland um, and really being engaged in the issues that are going on and, and not just being these giant walled off buildings to what is around us, um, I think is huge. And I think it's something that not just our residents are looking for, but I think that the talent that we're trying to attract, that's something that they're looking for. They want to work for companies that they care about and that their personal passions. I absolutely love the apartment industry. You know, I, like everyone else, I stumbled into it on accident. I think that that is, happens more, but it it's such an opportunity to care for people in so many different ways. Um, but the reality is, you know, at the level of a, a leasing agent or even a property manager, you know, the passion isn't really the real estate market. The passion is the taking care of people and, you right. know, to, to attract on-site teams that are really passionate about caring about people, we need to make sure that, you know, there are opportunities for them to get involved in the community and to make it better and to, um, really look at environmental causes. I mean, we really cause a lot of problems in the environmental sector. Um, and we are we all have recycling stations, but we could be doing so much better. Um, and that's just a huge thing. And I think that that is a huge opportunity. And I think the companies that get that right and do it well are going to be really successful um, because their people are gonna feel cared about. They're gonna attract people that authentically care about their residents and not just turning over the next lease. Um, and I think companies that can really get that right are going to have an advantage in the next five, 10 years. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think to your point about team members, be it present day team members or future team members, having their value system align with the value system in your organization, especially as it relates to ESG, it, it will become a competitive advantage right and, and you can't be a greenwasher either right you can't yeah. you can't do these programs for the sake of getting a you know a check mark that you did something it 
it's something where you really have to embed yourself in the in the community beyond the bound beyond your property lines right yeah certainly the building has to be self-sustaining and and certainly work to the the advantage of the environment but using team members out in the community to sort of knit together the fabric between your property and what is going on around is is going to be equally if not more important to the to the success of buildings in in the future and property management businesses in the future you're a you know one of our our best examples we get a property here in atlanta um let's say it was like 500 it's almost 600 units right it's right next door to the atlanta braves baseball stadium when we bought that property I'll butcher these stats, but let's just say for sake of conversation, 70% of the crime in that little pocket of the city happened on that property, right? And once we went in and did our program, right, we lit up the buildings like the uh, our, our owner likes to say, the infield of the baseball stadium, lit it up, put cameras in, really focused on the resident experience. Now, or I guess when we sold the property, only 2% of the crime that happens in that little community happens on that property. But but we did that through partnerships with local councilmen or, or women and police, uh, people from the police force and others just to come in. Let's get a big plan. Let's make sure we're focused on helping people first and foremost. But if there are bad actors, we have to help them, too, just in a different way. <laughs> but you have to you have to extend into your community, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. It's a big deal. Well, Melissa, I I have really, really enjoyed this. I, I haven't caught up with you. We were talking before we hit the record button here. The last time I I saw you in person, we were eating breakfast at an IHOP <laughs> of all places in Portland. I was out there visiting uh, some friends with my family and uh, took some time out to eat with you and your husband. Um, but it's been a pleasure. It's been way too long. I'd love to get out there again. <laughs> but I'll I do the breakfast recommendation this time. <laughs> that's fair <laughs> ihop's not it i guess in portland ihop <laughs> of all yeah, the places we could have gone spots. yeah right <laughs> of all the places we could go i pick ihop <laughs> <laughs> in all fairness you were new to the city and i was just there for a brief time and it was close right. to my hotel <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well would you, uh, so we have both viewers and listeners here, anything you want to leave our audience with? Uh, words of wisdom or thoughts, final thoughts before we uh, stop recording here? Um, I would just say, you know, take care of everyone around you. Um, that's been my mission my entire career in multifamily is take care of the people around you. Um, it's something that I feel really passionate about um i've definitely had some failures over the years i think because you were my supervisor you <laughs> you had to read about those in exit interviews um, <laughs> but you know just just authentically take care of the people around you um you know your your coworkers will take care of your residents authentically take care of your residents sometimes that unfortunately does mean evictions but um that is that is my passion in our industry is is taking care of everyone. So that is my hope for everyone to really take that to heart. And that is the indicator of your bottom line, how well you take care of your people. I totally agree. Um, and I, I would say just to acknowledge you for a second, uh, I, I the, the time I 
uh, I was blessed to spin with you in terms of I, I don't think of it as like a supervisor, you know, um, uh, I don't think of it like one person above the other. We work together and the thing that really uh, inspired me as it relates to you and your efforts in this industry is first and foremost, you cared beyond belief and, and then secondary to that, but in, in my head equally as important, you paid attention to every single detail. If there was something that needed to happen on the property, you got yourself deeply educated about it and then you went in and did things to the T, right? And I think that that was part and parcel to your success in the multifamily spaces that you cared and you got yourself educated and you went for it, even if you didn't know at times, you just went for it and figured it out along the way. But uh, I've uh, I've had a great deal of respect for you over the years and I'll continue that out into the future. And I've, I've had so much fun watching your career evolve. And when you decided to move to Portland, I was really deeply depressed because <laughs> I wanted to get back there myself. But anyway, thank you so, so, so much for this time. And uh, for everybody else, we'll see you next time. Thank you.